Thank you for tuning in to Spill the Beans. We're here to amplify the voices of coffee farmers and roasters and share them with our fellow coffee consumers through authentic conversation. I'm your host, Farah, and I'm here to help demystify the coffee experience for producers, roasters, and consumers. We're here to ask the hard questions about coffee, wherever you are in your coffee journey. On today's episode of Spill the Beans, we're taking you to San Juan, Puerto Rico to talk with coffee roaster Julian Kimmel of Julian Coffee. Julian's made an interesting transition from a career in retail over to a career in coffee, making his home base in San Juan, Puerto Rico from his original home in Texas. Join us today as we talk about entrepreneurship, the history of coffee in Puerto Rico, and more. Julian, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. We really, really appreciate it. You know, you've had such an interesting history when it comes to your journey within the coffee industry and even how you ended up in Puerto Rico. Do you mind telling us a little bit about how you ended up where you are and how you ended up in the coffee industry in San Juan? So the first time I came down here, I came here for just vacation. And we just, I just went to a coffee farm just as like a tourist. I'm from Dallas. I just visited Puerto Rico and just fell in love. You know, this is a touristy thing to do. I was just working retail, saving money, wanting to start a business, had no idea what business, watching like Shark Tank for like inspiration. And then on the coffee farm, I was like, man, it's beautiful up here. I love the agriculture. I love the land, the scenery, the air is like, crisp and the coffee farmer mentioned if you want to start a business selling coffee selling puerto rican coffee we could supply you with the coffee and it's just like a light bulb went off and it was like the perfect timing so i went ahead and started coffee company wow i can imagine that going from texas over to puerto rico is a big change it's interesting when people think about coffee they really don't think about puerto rican coffee Do you know why that is, or can you shed a little insight as to why Puerto Rican coffee doesn't take a main stage in the U.S. markets? Yeah, there's probably, there's only a handful of Puerto Rican coffee companies, and even less that only use Puerto Rican. A lot of times they'll blend it, it'll be like 50-50. So we're like one of the only ones that use pure Puerto Rican coffee, only a handful of us. I think what many people don't necessarily realize is that Puerto Rican coffee has been around for pretty long and it, it's had a pretty extensive history. Can you share anything about the history of Puerto Rican coffee with our listeners? Since like the Spanish were here in Puerto Rico from the 1800s, this was like their spot where they realized, okay, they can grow coffee here. And so, and it was a very high quality coffee. There's just a lot of aspects that make it good. Like the soil is really rich and like it's near the ocean, like even in the mountains. So it's always getting a good breeze, which keeps the coffee plants cool. And they put them under plantain trees. So um, basically it was being exported to, to Europe. The Pope, like the whole Vatican was buying Puerto Rican coffee. And also they call it like the coffee of the kings and popes. Because like it was also going to like royal palaces around Europe, and it was the sixth largest producer in the world back in the 1800s and early 1900s. A big reason Puerto Rican coffee like is not as produced as much as it was and it's gone down in the last 60, 70 years is because 
we pay the farmers legally we have to pay the farmers u.s wages which is way more than what coffee producers get paid mainly around the world there's like 150 million people around the world rely on coffee uh, as their way of making a living so like that means if i'm a coffee picker that means like my whole family pretty much that's included in the number and most of these people don't get paid fairly like they can work their whole life and still be poor at the end of it which isn't right you know you should get paid fairly for how hard you work and in puerto rico i'm trying to bring it back while paying them fair i sell it for a little bit more but i let people know this is why it costs more is because we pay a higher price to our coffee farmers and i just added colombian coffee uh, last couple months and i pay over their asking price for the coffee because i know they're afraid to ask for a decent amount of money because they know there's other options for somebody to buy from. So they usually sell it for as cheap as they can. I'll say, no, I'll pay you, I'll pay you more. You know, I'll pay you 20, 30%, sometimes maybe even 100% more uh, than you're asking for because you really deserve it. And I'll make money from it because I'll sell it for a, a higher price, but still a fair price. And the customers are getting better quality coffee. And I mean, making it at home, even if you're buying a bag for a little more money, it's still way cheaper than going to Starbucks or another coffee shop where they're using whatever coffee. I'm sourcing specialty coffee and paying them people fairly for it. And it can be done in the whole coffee industry. I just, most people don't even really realize that, know about that. I had no idea until I got into the industry. But that's just the truth of the industry, you know. Coffee touches a lot of hands before it gets to the consumer. It goes to the a lot of times like there'll be like a small lot farmer, he'll sell to another farmer who owns more like the equipment to like dry and process it and roast it. And then they'll sell it to like a larger brokerage company that sells the green beans. They'll sell it to the roaster and the roaster will sell it to the customer. So every time they gotta raise the price a little bit to make money, or I'm just I just source it directly from the farm, roast it at the farm, and then we also roast it in San Juan. We roast both and sell directly to the customer. So the money pretty much from the customer goes to me and I pay the farm. So it sounds like you're reducing a lot of those middlemen by sourcing and roasting at origin. Correct. And like a lot of those middlemen, like the brokerage companies are large companies. Is there anything that farmers can do? particularly marginalized farmers, to ensure that they're able to ask for what they need? Or is there anything that consumers can do to make sure that they're contributing to equity for the producers? So they're just about the bottom line of making the most profit. So they want to buy it for as cheaply as possible and then sell it for as much as they can. I'm willing to take the loss or pay more for it and sell it for, you know, affordable price to all customers. So... For me, I just want to go on volume for me to make money, but pay everybody fairly. A lot of them are pressured into producing a lower quality crop just for the volume, just because they know they can only get so much for it. So they don't, they might not grow it the highest quality way and just go for more quantity way. Man, advice to farmers, that's tough. I would say just grow the best quality possible. And there are people, other companies like me that will pay that uh, a good price for it. I mean, I'm not fully in their shoes, so I know you do whatever it takes to survive. Really, it's just to the customer just to be aware of this is the, you know, the other side of the coffee industry. When you go to a nice coffee shop and you're drinking coffee, well, that coffee, this is where that coffee came from. So just being aware of that and be willing to pay more for 
coffee companies that source from these farms and are very transparent and who they source from, I would tell them, mainly the customer about that. And that'll go down, trickle down to the farms. I think that makes sense. If we look at our younger consumers, think Gen Z and millennials, they're shifting their purchasing power to more ethical purchases in general, with coffee being one of them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, coffee is the second biggest commodity in the world behind oil. So it's a huge, huge market. And I think it can definitely start to improve where it's fair for everybody. So the future generations have an incentive to grow. You know, a lot of people, like if your family grew and your grandparents had a coffee farm, you might move to the bigger city of your country and not do coffee anymore because it's just not as profitable. You know, just also there's just so much coffee being produced now from Brazil, Vietnam, and then Colombia and all the way down. Like the top two, Brazil and Vietnam produce so much that it's kind of lowered the price of coffee just because there's so much of it now. And it's robusta when they blend that in with the Arabica. So people just need to be aware of that. Like, I'm going to buy the 100% Arabica specialty grade. And then if you know more about the farm it's being sourced from, even better, you know? Let's take a bit of a segue and talk a little bit about sustainability. There are a lot of concerns when it comes to growing coffee, especially as we look at coffee that's been commoditized. When we think about environmental and economic sustainability, what should people consider when they are thinking about their coffee purchasing habits? Coffee actually doesn't, doesn't take a toll on the environment. It's actually a pretty green process of growing coffee, especially when it's shade grown. The trees that were there are still there and they just grow the coffee in between the trees to get it sustainably though. Economically, it's just like we've been talking about. It's just the money needs to get to the people that are growing it. So for generations to come, there's an incentive for them to grow it. You know, if you do hard work and you pick coffee for years, you should be able to live very comfortably, you know, have plenty of food on your table for your family, have a roof over your head, and you should be able to afford to take a few vacations in your life and get out of the country and see the world a bit, you know, and then especially once you've been working hard for a while. So that's where I believe it's heading. That's great. It sounds like you've got a good eye for making sure that you're being really socially and environmentally responsible, especially when it comes to looking for shade-grown coffees as well. Yeah, exactly. And my goal, I just added Colombia, and I've been selling Puerto Rican coffee, which is one of the most expensive. And now that I'm going to, I plan on adding more and more countries and being able to help all over the world. When I hear coffee, Colombia is definitely a country that comes to mind, particularly over Puerto Rico. But I'm sure regardless of what country you're working with or sourcing from, it must be really challenging to figure out who to partner with. Are there any techniques that you're using to identify who you're going to trade with or make connections with as you're building out your brand? I mean, there's a lot of info on the internet and then I'll talk to the farmer for a while. And some, a lot of times, like the, the farm I source from in Colombia, they have like two, they have their farm, which is kind of commodity grade. And then they said, we have also an organic, we have acres dedicated to just organic. And I got a sample and I tried it, it was really good. You know, I can just taste it. If it's just smooth, non-bitter, you can just tell that's, you know, specialty grade. And I saw some videos of their farm 
And that's how I chose that one. You know, eventually I definitely would love to, you know, travel, travel the world, the coffee regions, coffee countries, and go see them personally. Um, but that's how I chose the one in Colombia. It's uh, in a town called Fredonia, and they're, they're great to work with. And I also encourage people to actually go as a tourist thing to do, besides buying the higher quality coffee. You know, if you're planning on taking a vacation, go to a coffee farm and check out coffee country. It's really beautiful and uh, very special. And I know people will love it. That's awesome. That sounds, uh, that sounds like my kind of vacation. Yeah, and that helps the farm too. Do you partner with any farms that have eco-tourism or coffee tourism? The one, I, the one I source from here in Puerto Rico, they do tours. It's called Hacienda Tres Angeles, and uh, they're in Arjuntas, Puerto Rico. And when these lockdowns end, I encourage people when they come to Puerto Rico and visit coffee country and visit them. That's awesome. Working with so many producers directly and working with different farms, I know different people have had different experiences when they've gone on origin trips or working with farmers directly. Do you have any stories that have really impacted you as a professional or as a coffee lover? That's a good question. I mean, it's always special for me to go visit. I mean, my first time going there was what made me get into the industry in the first place. I picked coffee myself, which just to get an idea. And, you know, it's fun, but it's hard. You know, I didn't do it for the whole day or anything. So I can imagine doing it for years and years would be quite tough. But I enjoyed it, you know, I enjoyed just, you know, the air is crisp, it smells good. And I enjoyed picking the coffee and being out in the sun, but it it is hard work. So I just always enjoy going up there. It's always a treat to go up and have the views over the mountains and, you know, that's it. Let's shift the conversation a bit. When we first started talking, you told me that Julian Coffee was the beginning of your coffee career. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got started? I think you mentioned that you began in retail. That's it. I was just working retail and uh, just odd jobs, waiter. And I say I was, I was able to save money and I was living at home, so I wasn't paying rent. So I was able to save money. And I encourage a lot of people to do that. If you save the money, you're able to start a business, you know, with that. That's so awesome that you were able to save up enough money to fuel your dreams. For our listeners out there who might be aspiring entrepreneurs, what sort of advice would you give them to help them jump into a career journey of entrepreneurship, whether it's in coffee or something else? I would say you have to be very very passionate about what you're doing because there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. And on bad days, you can get thrown just because you're okay, I'm doing the right thing and I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. So what, even if it's going through a hard time, you're not making much money, at least you know you're doing something you care about. It's for a cause you care about or if it's just something you care about. What, even if you open up a little restaurant or anything, it's just something you're passionate about. And it takes time, be patient, and you can do it. And also, if it is possible, maybe start a business at the same time if you have a job because it puts a lot of pressure on you if you have no income coming in and you're starting a business. So if you're able to work and slowly start a business, I would recommend doing both. And then maybe eventually 
you can quit your job and just fully do what you want to do. So it sounds like passion and just not quitting your daydream is what you need to do to be successful. So I'm totally curious now. What exactly does Puerto Rican coffee taste like? I mean, you got to try it. Everybody's got to try it at least once and uh, see for themselves how it tastes. It's just very smooth and very rich and not bitter. And it gets you like the right amount of caffeine rush. It's just really good. Is there a special way that you prepare your coffees? I like the French press, I would say. Keep it simple. I like to make it in a French press. Here, like traditionally, they use like a Greca, which is like that metal thing. I think that in the U.S. we call those mocha pots. Yeah, mocha pot. That sounds about right. Where like there's a little tube and the coffee comes out when the water heats up. You know, there's a lot of new machines and stuff that are coming out for coffee connoisseurs of how to make coffee. And that, that can change the flavor a bit. But the truth is coffee takes three to seven years to grow. So majority of the quality is going to come from that. No matter how you roast it, no matter how you brew it, probably 90% of the flavor is going to come from how it's grown. And then the rest is just, you know, fancy. It makes it look cooler. You know, it's kind of more of like a uh, coffee connoisseur kind of thing. But with really good coffee, you can make it any way and it should taste good with no milk and no sugar. Julian, for our listeners who are curious to try your coffee and to taste Puerto Rican coffee, where can we find you? Mainly, we're on Amazon or on my website, www.juliancoffeepr.com. And that's where we're at right now. I think in the future, I'm going to work on getting to shops in the United States. Is there a social page that our listeners can check out as well? Yeah, you can follow my Instagram, juliancoffeepr. And when I start selling in cafes in the States, I'll post which ones they're at. But right now you can go see photos of the farm and videos of the farm. That's so awesome. Thanks so much, Julian. And are there any sorts of parting words of wisdom that you want to share with our listeners as we close out this interview? Just support good coffee brands. So I can say you'll be happy because you'll be drinking better coffee every morning. And it just makes the world a little bit of a better place every time you drink a good cup. We hope you enjoyed today's coffee conversation. This podcast was produced by Farah Qureshi and Carlos Guzman. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate this podcast. If you especially liked what you heard, please find coffees that resonate with you and continue to give back to your communities in more ways than just your productivity at work. Tune in next time to spill the beans with us.